Welcome to Inside Out. Without prejudice or boundaries, this space is for raw and vulnerable conversations surrounding health, mental well-being, relationships, parenthood, and so much more. Our goal is to deliver a conversation that will educate and empower you through shared experiences told by inspiring and relatable guests. My name is Chris. I'm a wife, mum, and stepmom who is on a personal journey that cultivates a life of alignment and intention. I hope these conversations encourage you to do the same. Let's dive deep into today's episode. Hello and good morning. I hope you have all had a fabulous week. Today I am here with Brad Fennell. Now Brad is a facilitator and coach who has worked with men and women for 20 years in both relationships and individual coaching. Brad and I have recently been working together and the more that I learn about this man, the more I want to share him, his message and his mission. He is a powerhouse of knowledge in both the realm of spirituality, um, the polarity between masculine and feminine energies, and also dreaming. And that's all the things that we're going to dive deep into today. I am really confident that if you pop your headphones in and tune into this episode, there's going to be a lot here that resonates with you and a lot of calls to action. So sit tight and listen to this beautiful conversation with Brad. I hope that you enjoy it. If you do, please let me know or just share it to the gram. That really, really helps me to support more women who need to hear conversations like this and bring more emotional awareness um, and self-love in their lives because really this conversation has so much love and beauty in it. So I hope that you enjoy this. Thank you so much for joining me today, Brad. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. (laughs) Yes, I'm excited to dive into some really big topics. We've got Mm -hmm. a couple of them today um, and just share your wisdom. And you're just like, you're a powerhouse of knowledge in this, in the wellness space. So it's really exciting to be able to share this with my audience here. So great to be here. Well, I want to dive into some rapid fire questions to start us off. So don't think about it. Just answer the questions as fast as you can. (laughs) Nothing too crazy. Don't worry. Okay. One food forever. Uh, Satay. Oh, wow. That's intriguing. I need to know more about that. (laughs) (laughs) Spicy peanut butter. Oh, heaven. Okay. I like that. Go to mindfulness, mindfulness modality. Uh, Process orientated psychology. Love that. One word that best describes you. Uh, uh, Positive. Love that. Mm -hmm. Biggest lesson. Uh, doesn't have to be one word <laughs> sickness yeah how and how can you explore that with uh, because more? I am positive because I am all these things suddenly you know you have a direction this is where I'm heading this is what's going on mm-hmm. and then suddenly adversity comes along and you have to discover your other you have to discover vulnerability or mm-hmm. you have to all these things so there's gold and magic and learning in that too not just all the positive and wonderful things but suddenly it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm vulnerable too. You know, as I get older, it's like, ah, I have to connect to that part. That's the interesting part of me too. Yeah, I like that. Favourite quote? Uh, I'd have to be a Carlos Castaneda quote. Uh, something about which one? Which one's going to come to me? Um, yeah, don't know. Any, any, any quote from Carlos Castaneda about dreams, dreaming, um, and living your double, living your other, exploring yeah. that. Nothing comes to me right away, but yeah, go check beautiful. out Palos Castaneda. I will, absolutely. To fly or be invisible? Mm, to fly. 
Yeah, me too. I'm to fly for sure. Thank you so much for sharing those with us. So before we dive into these topics that I want to share today, I just want to give the audience a little bit more information about you, who you are, where you're from and what life looks like for you right now. Okay. So I've got, you know, wife, three kids, three boys. We live on the Gold Coast. Uh, I grew up in mostly moving around, mostly in the Blue Mountains, um, with a passion for rock climbing. That kind of took me on this path, which sounds weird, because I found a time in my life where I became really lost. And in some ways, when I was talking about sickness, that was a moment where, where my life changed. There was some depression uh, by, in my early 20s. And that really took me on this path now to where I am. And I got really interested in Eastern mythology and uh, traditional Chinese medicine. And my degree was in acupuncture and then studying process-oriented psychology, Jungian dream work, tantra, all these ancient concepts that really had a... Had, a huge relevance to me in my life and described me and what I was going through. So by following that path, following my way, which is really Taoism, the foundation of uh, foundation of what I've studied is how do I follow nature, but how do I more importantly follow my own nature, my own dreaming. And so that's now brought me here working, having a clinic on the Gold Coast and working, you know, worldwide with people as a facilitator and a one-on-one -on -one coach and couples coach and then doing group work and dream work and all sorts of stuff leads me here today where I am. <laughs> is your wife um, similarly minded like you? Is she, she on a is. similar journey? Yeah. Completely, completely. That's amazing. We've always been on that. We're both qualified in traditional Chinese medicine. We've both been involved in the process work for many years. We've studied the same things. So we're very, really blessed in having that, like growing together has been such a great opportunity. So yeah, yeah that's, that's we, really we both beautiful. speak the same language. I like that. And how do you go? How old are your children? now and how do you go with parenting and introducing these I suppose uh, cultural indifferences because in society in Australia things are so different here in, in terms of the Chinese medicine world and things like that so how do you introduce that into their their lives and have you had any resistance with that? Uh, I would say yes our eldest so the three boys the eldest is now 19 mm. and then 17 and then we've got a 10 year old and they've really grown up with it. They've grown up in the culture. Of course, they're going to rebel sometimes. And they do rebel. And I actually encourage them in some ways to rebel against the system. But I am the system. So sometimes <laughs> it's like, no, don't rebel. I am the system. Yeah. But I also get that as well, yeah. particularly in those teen years where mm. it's like they have to find their own way. But when it really comes down to it, uh, they come back to everything that we've brought them up with mm. so they have this foundation but they have to I'm okay they have to go out and find their own their own way but fundamentally um, they come back when they're not feeling well or something's going on they come and talk to us and and we're really open to that. So yeah, that's really amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Incredible ages as well. I um, As you know, I, we have the two older girls and the two babies and that 10-year gap is, is it's huge. Well, you've got nine years, but um, mm. 
I'm really looking forward to when the eldest is, in, you know, 19, 20 and we've got a 10-year-old still in that relationship and seeing that evolve because even they talk about it frequently, you know, will I be allowed to pick them up from school when I get, get a licence and things? And, you know, I think it's really cool that you can have a younger sibling and 10 years your junior and still have some really special, beautiful moments with them. So I'm sure you guys have experienced that as well. And, and that's what we really love. Like sometimes the the 19, who both, 19 and 17-year-old who both drive, you know, will go and pick their brother up and take so him cool. somewhere and go and have an experience so yeah that's um, so cool you know it's really it's amazing to see them them grow and the two oldest boys are very very close have grown mm. up really close together as well so bringing their little 10 year old brother into the into the flock not that he's always interested in exactly what they are yeah they're 19 <laughs> yeah absolutely so just digressing into one of our topics today which is masculine and feminine energy something that mm. I am really excited to learn more on and just pick your brain at mm. um so where does the idea of masculine and feminine energy actually come from okay so fundamentally it actually comes from us from all of us, mm. meaning our best ideas are studies of us, of the experience. So it comes from, you know, the, the, the ancient modalities, Hindu, Buddhism, Taoism. And in Taoist thinking, first there was the Tao, the oneness. We all come from their concept, from the oneness. And we split when we come into this world into yin and yang. We live in a world of duality, of you and me of man and woman. And anyone who's seen that kind of the, the, the Taoist symbol of yin and yang, uh, within that, yin exists in yang and yang exists in yin. And so this has always been spoken about forever, that these energies, these masculine and feminine energies exist inside of us. And so the ancient mystics would sit and they'd notice this and they'd observe these energies and observe that they that the world is based on this that that is our foundation so it it comes from all the ancient texts and that's what's interesting if you look at mythology um or religions from around the world these stories are told again and again because mm -hmm. these people studied us and how do we then bring these concepts and these philosophies and ideas in a tangible way that allows us to improve our lives and, and live in a way that mm. serves us. Mm. So what are some typical traits in a masculine energy and then a feminine energy? Because obviously we each tap into both um, being opposite sex, but still irrelevant. We, we are always tapping into each and there's, I suppose, seasons of life where we're tapping into each. So what are some typical traits of those? Yeah. And, and we must tap into both of those. And uh, there is a time now where it is more fluid. In the 1950s, we really didn't have relationships because our roles were set of a lot more strongly masculine and feminine. And that didn't actually work. The reason we grew out of that is because it's a foundational truth, but it doesn't work. Just because you're a man, we now know, doesn't mean you have a better idea than a woman. It's a ridiculous concept. But we still need the fluidity. Uh, we need those concepts, but we need to be more fluid around that. So masculine traits are more purpose-driven, more focused. We see stereotypes. You know the whole idea of men can only do one thing at a time? Mm -hmm. Partially that's true because the masculine can only do one thing at a time. It's like... 
they're focused on that one thing where the feminine wants to experience life, wants to experience the dance, wants to experience pleasure and movement. It's why classically women um, classically are better dancers. They're better movers because they're connected to that feminine role. Mm-hmm. Now that changes and that needs to change. We all need access to those parts of us. Mm-hmm. We need access to, you know, all these parts. And another aspect of the masculine and feminine is, you know, classically uh, a masculine energy was a monk. It was a man who sat in a cave and would ignore the feminine, would ignore life and would just hang out with God, would hang out with consciousness, would feel empty. And the modern, uh, the modern kind of story of that is a man sitting watching sport on TV, drinking beer, um, feeling empty. There's like mm. nothing to do. So often men just, they don't want to have emotion. They want to get past that as quickly as they can. They want to have a sense of emptiness where for a woman, a woman wants to experience life, wants to, you know, drink champagne with girlfriends Mm -hmm. and experience the dance and the creativity and the movement. And it it creates a problem. It's interesting because that polarity between the masculine and and feminine creates a polarity, creates a charge, creates a sexual charge, creates interest. And when we first meet somebody, there's a lot of polarity. There's a lot of interest and excitement. You're a mystery to me. I don't know who you are. And as we get to know each other, as we, in a sense, build a friendship, we lose some of that polarity. Now there's ways of getting that back. But these are all different ways of looking at the masculine and feminine. And there are places where the masculine and feminine doesn't need to exist in a relationship. Like if you're organizing, where should we send the kids to school? Or we can sit down together just like friends might and discuss and work out what's most needed in this moment. Mm. So the masculine and feminine polarity gives us this charge, gives us this excitement and we need that, but not always. But the masculine is directed, is focused, and we all need this. And there's times in life, just as you said, there's times in life where you actually need more masculinity. Like even raising kids can sometimes be very masculine. It's like, where do the kids need to be? What do we need to do? What needs to, it's all this task driven. You're yeah. not sitting there going, how do I connect to, to pleasure, to nature? to my yin to my feelings to my emotions Mm. and again the masculine trait can't stand emotions can't stand the fullness of emotion where the feminine would rather have any emotion than no emotion at all yeah absolutely Oh my goodness. That's, that's incredible and really powerful to understand. And I think that bringing that into your own life and identifying that in your day to day and, and being really aware of when your feminine or masculine energy is showing up and maybe when you need to just sink into the other, you know, or expand on the other, um, you know, diving into my masculine for me at the moment is something that I'm struggling with. Mm. However, before kids, it's not something I ever struggled to tap into. But now I'm like, oh, no, I need to get into this mode. But I sit so softly um, and nurturing or maternally, I suppose, mm. because I have been at home with the kids for so long and mum now in different roles. Um, 
And now I'm trying to tap into that masculine energy again, and I'm finding that really difficult. Um, something just in relation to my next question, something that I will draw on is an experience a little while ago um, when my husband and I were working together um, side by side, we've, we worked together the entire time of our relationship. And it got to a point where we're all, when we first moved in together, we were working together and having home life together. And I was, we were both really struggling but it was me that was causing the issue of I was sitting in my masculine in that boss energy constantly and I couldn't seem to tap into my feminine. Um, so a question I have for you is how can we balance masculine and feminine energy in our relationships? I love this question because the answer is it's multifaceted, mm. meaning you don't have to. You don't have to do anything, but you have to check in. What are you called? What's needed in this moment? Men don't have to drive the car anymore if you don't want to. Like the question really is, who's the better driver? <laughs> you know, like, and who wants to drive and who yeah. wants to sit in the car and who wants to feel the music and mm. create the atmosphere? So knowing what it is that you really want, knowing firstly, what am I called to? And how does this work in a relationship? And now we have women who are in this modern world who are stepping into their power, are stepping into their masculine. But obviously it's hard, it's angular, and it can sometimes be painful. And letting go of that and sinking into your feminine, one of the, the things that I always recommend for people to do is go have a bath because it's a state where you're held, where you can let go, mm. lock the door for a moment and allow you yourself to connect to your own needs. Notice what flirts with you, meaning we call flirts things that call your attention. Um, sometimes we're attracted to certain people, meaning just even a movie star or anything like that. Like I, I love that woman and who she is or that man or what is it about them? They're flirting with you and they're trying to call your attention to that part. And so if you notice flirts, if you notice parts of you that are calling you, then it's time to explore that. Mm -hmm. If you notice fatigue, fatigue can be an amazing way to connect to your femininity, meaning I'm notice I'm tired, but I'm going to ignore that and push on because that's what a good successful woman does good for you nothing wrong with that but maybe momentarily you could check in with your fatigue if I just followed this if this was like a pill I took a fatigue pill and I really followed and explored it fully oh how is fatigue trying to have its way on me and suddenly you let the fatigue have its way rather than our modern world we push that away just for a moment I'm going to have that experience and as you have that experience you notice oh I'd let my body relax. Oh, I'd follow myself. Oh, there's something going on here. I'd soften just for this moment. And then once you get access to that state, maybe I could bring this state more back into my life. Where is this state needed? Now, it's not needed everywhere, maybe, but maybe there's places where you're like, I could have more of this. I noticed even in myself when I first started being a practitioner, I used to get tired. And someone taught me this. And rather than pushing, which I'd always done, I relaxed into it. I breathed for a moment. I softened and I went, oh, actually, I don't have to push. I can drop more deeply. 
I can relax more into this state. Even as I talk about it, I feel it already happening to me right now. Mm -hmm. And so these states are happening. And I know we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but you can watch your dreams. What is happening? You're dreaming. My greatest teacher has been my own dreaming. And that's not just my nighttime dreams, but what's been calling me, how life's been calling me. And that comes through your dreams. So what's your body symptoms? Are you feeling sick? Is there a tummy ache that you need to follow? Is there whatever it is? Your life is trying to wake you up to yourself. And the older we get, the more it's trying to do that. It's why as we get older, we lose uh, youthful power but we can pick up a different form of power, but we have to listen to that. We can't pretend we're 18 if we're 60. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work. It's a great theory, but it mm -hmm. won't work. Absolutely not. What about for women or well, mothers in, in particular, something that um, I've put out to my audience on Instagram a couple of times, um, a question box, just ask me anything. And I'll, every single time I've done it, multiple women message in to say, how do you tap into being intimate with your partner from mum mode all day. I'm really, really struggling with this. And this is something I can totally resonate with. Yep. My um, response to that at the, mm -hmm. is that I have to communicate. I have to have connection and communicate really big for me um, because, and I've had explained this to my husband because by the time he's home from work uh, and my day is from the moment I wake up, I might get that hour at the gym to myself. That's my, my time. That's what I prioritize, but I get up at four 30 to make that happen. Mm -hmm. And then I come home and I am making lunches. I'm serving four little people, mm -hmm. including whoever else needs me through the day. And I totally resonate with those moms where they're like, I've had a child touching me all day the mm. last thing I want is to be touched mm. <laughs> and I get, I get that like you know last night I sat down on the lounge for the first time I went oh mm. sat down next to my husband I was like oh and he's mm. like and he goes oh it's so nice let's just sit together and then it was Chris mom so my stepdaughters call me Chris obviously so and mm. then I was like up I get again and off I go and you know and it's constant how do we tap into that feminine state of mind in particular to become more intimate with our partners and our loved ones um mm -hmm. when we've been in that motherhood responsibility mm. mode because i'd feel like motherhood is a feminine energy but there's a lot of masculine that sits in that as well because we're tapping into organizing and getting things staying on top of things and being in that boss mode too so completely yeah any completely on that huge there's heaps <laughs> um the core to it and you're already partially doing it is awareness awareness that you have been consumed all day and suddenly to have somebody else come and consume you to have another need that needs to be fulfilled is so draining mm -hmm. so firstly acknowledging that but if you're in a feminine mode if you're called to a feminine mode which you are because it's like i want to be able to surrender if you're in a masculine mode uh, uh the masculine libido is more of a flamethrower it's like you light it up and it's on the feminine sexual mode is more that libido is more of a slow cooker. And so it takes time. It takes a little bit more time. But here's the other thing. The feminine energy needs to feel empty, empty of responsibility, empty of anything that, in a sense, she needs to do. If there's still things to do, if there's still responsibility, your, your libido is going to be nowhere. Because until you can feel empty, until you can feel empty of responsibility, until your heart can relax, you're, there's a channel 
in traditional Chinese medicine that connects the heart and the uterus. And we say the uterus is open by the heart. When we're working with fertility, you know, we look at this as well. It's like you have to open the heart to open the uterus. Mm. And so feeling empty so you can fall back into your heart is the only way to really increase libido. Now, this is matched with a masculine libido which often fills fullness and all a masculine libido wants to do is empty the fullness and that's what sexuality does for a man empties him into nothingness and so often you have these two polarizing forces that are like you know i have a high libido because i feel so full of stress and worry and this is going to fix me whereas the feminine it's like no i need to feel empty empty of responsibility now as a woman you can step into the masculine um sexually as well and just be like no i feel really good i'm on let's go (laughs) yeah you know but i had someone on the podcast a little while ago who's got a quite successful business in melbourne and one of the things that this came up for her and she goes all I say to myself is you're a fairy princess, Renee, you're a fairy princess, Renee. And then, then I'm on and I'm back in the mood and I'm like, it's just affirmation. She goes, fairy princess, fairy princess. Wow. And so what's what's so amazing about that is she's accessing a different state. She's accessing Mm. a different her. And that's what this is about is can we access different states? Our, what we call our double, our unknown, all these are parts inside of us. That's why that yin-yang symbol is so interesting because these parts access, and she's really good at accessing her other, accessing mm. her fairy princess. Mm. And then her fairy princess, <laughs> it's like, how interesting. Yeah. And yeah. so maybe people can do that, access other states, other parts. You know, who is the woman that could be that, that could relax, that could surrender? But you also need time. You need Mm. time for you. You need that space where, and it's not a time where, okay, now you've got an hour. Mm. It's a time where you have enough time to finally settle back into you. Mm. And one of the meditations I often encourage people to do is even if you only have five minutes, say to yourself, I have enough time to make happen whatever needs to happen in this moment. Mm. So you drop totally because we do live in the world of timelessness as well. Meaning five minutes can feel like an eternity if you can fully let go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Gosh, it really resonates with me, but I'm confident that that everything that you've just covered there will really resonate with a lot of women that listen to this podcast. Um, because a lot of them writing in were having newborns and toddlers, and I'm now out of that season, but with four mm. kids it's really a season of life but completely yeah you know but the newborn you know stage where you feel like well hold on as a woman you've been pregnant for nine months and you probably didn't feel like being that affectionate and mm. love you with your partner you don't want that and then you have this person that's on you all day and you still don't want that and that's really hard I think for the male mind to yeah. come around to especially yeah. if they haven't had children before yes. because they're like whoa the baby's out now like we we go back to normal now is haven't I waited the nine months because yeah. that's it's just a common message, I think, in, in society and what we're conditioned to think and feel once the nine months is up, that's it. Yeah. Um, so I really love that you've covered that, how you have, because I think it's really important for 
women to know that they can tap into each and every state when they choose with simple modalities like an affirmation or like a meditation or just taking a bath if you can um, and just sit in your feelings, sit in what your your awareness more and that can yeah. really cultivate that feminine energy or masculine, whatever, you, whatever you're into. That's so- right. And, and sometimes we do what we call mood work. Sometimes as a woman, it is like the mood that you have is actually necessary. We grow in relationship, not by just going, well, I just have to do it because that's my duty and my job. And you can do that, whatever. But it's like, at the very least, notice the moods. What is the mood trying to do? And sometimes when I'm working with a woman, I'll actually take her more into the mood to discover what it's really saying. Sometimes we'll turn that into a creature or a critter. What is this mood? Mm -hmm. What's really trying to say? What's trying to be said? What's trying to happen? And because that can help him to grow. And when I'm working with men, one of the key things I work with is for them not to take things so personally. And it's huge because if you don't take things personally, you can stay in the fire, you can stay in the conflict. Mm-hmm. If you take things personally, it means you have an inner critic that is taking you out, an inner figure that is putting you down. And your partner says, I don't feel like sex anymore. And suddenly you have an inner critic that says to you, I told you you're no good. She's not attracted to you. You're nothing. And then Mm. you're gone. You're in your own complex rather than really doing that work where you're like, I'm amazing and beautiful and loving. How could she not desire me? But I also understand she's tired at the moment. Mm. There's a lot going on for her. Mm. And so for men doing that work can really help them to hold their partner and then not be in a place where they're putting pressure on. This is what I need in relationship. Projecting. That's right. And then suddenly the relationship gets empowered Mm. because you can relax more because it's like, oh, he's got me Mm. in this moment. He's got me. He heard me. Mm. He doesn't have to fix anything for me other than to run a bath for me and allow me to feel held in this moment. Yeah. And I think in that first season of motherhood, when you're stepping into it, communication is the biggest most powerful tool between in your relationship that you could ever utilize because you have a story that you're telling yourself and they might have a story they're telling themselves mm-hmm. and you don't know what you don't know so you have to communicate it and to yeah. feel seen someone needs to hear you so you need to say it otherwise yes. you're not going to feel that validation of being seen and heard because you're not saying it just you know you can't just expect a husband to walk in the door and know how hard your day was and know what you need in that moment. You have to say those words. Yes. And I think that's the biggest thing um, in this is when you step into motherhood that women just stop doing because we also want to put ourselves on this pedestal of being the martyr and doing it all again, conditioning and how our mothers did it and what we're taught to believe and what we had to be. Yeah. Um, and we don't need to do that anymore. That's that's not happening anymore. We're out of that to, that life. That's um, right. It's all about communication, I think. Yeah, and with that, staying on your own side a little bit. Sometimes you feel like the martyr is, I have to be this type of woman. Mm. I have to be this. So this is, in a sense, your own inner critic mm. that you're sometimes up against that's telling you. It looks mm. like a social pressure, but it's equally an inner pressure that we take on board. Our own inner critics are not us. They're internalised figures that tell us we are supposed to be somebody or something. 
And we sometimes have no place to defend up against that because that figure says, if you're going to be a great woman, you have to be A, B, and C. And you're like, I know, I'm doing my best. I'm trying here. And you can't defend yourself. So when we're in relationship and we can actually help each other to fight up against our own inner critics, it's incredibly powerful. But it's challenging and having a space where you can say what may even be scary to say is really important and really empowering to empowering to the relationship yeah something my um coach and i know someone that you're quite close with as well nicola lay once said to me was that i unconsciously um am a martyr victim so i will put myself or want to do all these things and be the person that balances it all but then when it comes down to it i want you i want to play be a victim in that and be like, well, I've done it all and you haven't done what I needed you to do. And once that was brought into my consciousness and I was so aware of that and me taking that action all the time in little things, even with my children, unconsciously doing this, it has been profound because I'm so aware now when I'm like, whoa, 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 I am doing this because I want to because I have been conditioned that I need to do this to to be successful in whatever way. But then I'm also going to play a victim and be like, poor me, why me? Why do I feel this way? You know? Yeah, fully. So I think, yeah. I think that's really wild too. And I love that you say that. Like the core of the work is awareness. Mm-hmm. It's where it always begins. It's like things change when you're just aware, when you bring awareness to a situation, because that's what we're really here to do. It's like, why the hell would we bother having relationships at all, other than to bring awareness, to have another, to observe us, to see us. It's like, I see you. Mm -hmm. And because there's an awakening that's happening and it facilitates everything. Mm, absolutely so just digressing into something you touched on a little bit earlier to our second topic which is dreaming which is going to be really really intriguing Mm. so something that I know that you are quite passionate on and bring into awareness of your clients lives is the divine power of our dreams Mm -hmm. can you share how our dreams can essentially harness power in our lives Mm, yes (laughs) our dreams are the doorway to power. Whenever I'm working with someone, I'm looking for what I call a dream door. Now that can be a nighttime dream, or it can be what I was talking about before a flirt. Mm. It's looking for other parts of ourselves. And the reason we use the term dreaming is it's more the subtle aspects of our lives, our moods, the things we don't want, we don't feel, but these things happen in our nighttime dreams as well. We wake Mm. up in the morning and we're like, in a mood mm. and it's like oh I had a bad dream well that's the dreaming still coming through the day the dreaming still happens from the night and our dreams reveal our other so we wake up every day so let's go to masculine and feminine I generally identify as a man as a male but suddenly I'm dreaming and there's a woman in the dream and she has these qualities and these aspects. That dream may be calling me to more of a feminine nature that I need. I remember having one dream where I literally was a woman. I woke up in the morning having that full experience of the feminine, Mm -hmm. that feeling, that experience. So these things happen to us in dreams. Sometimes we're stalked by parts of ourselves that we're afraid to go to, our shadow self. You're a loving, beautiful, generous person, but you keep on dreaming of like psychopaths. May mean you need to understand and unfold your own psychopath. Maybe you don't always, always 
need to be loving, generous, and giving. Of course, that's a part of you. It's always known. But sometimes what I always say is if you have a big heart, it's an amazing quality, but you need also to have a connection to your sword, to your other. And that's what our dreams give us access to. Mm-hmm. All the figures within a dream are mm-hmm. you, are different parts of your psyche that are coming through in symbols. And it's an opportunity to pick up the shadowy parts, the parts of yourself you may like or you may shame or you don't want to look at. What's scary in the cupboard? But when we open the cupboard, we actually realize it's empowering mm-hmm. and you're connecting to your wholeness. We live in the world of duality. And so we have to know about our other as well because it makes us more whole. And it's the whole dance. We have a childhood dream that tells us who it is we're really here to become. And that's the opportunity of our dreaming. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you look at your dreams? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have been noticing since I became familiar with, you know, looking at our dreams or journaling our dreams or getting up in the middle of the night and writing them down. Like I have started doing that over the last couple of months, not consistently, but I'm hoping that I will soon get a bit better at it. Um, But last week in particular, which I did message you about was I had three nights in a row where I, and I have never experienced this in my entire life where I would close my eyes to sleep and I would have a vivid destructive nightmare to the point where I'm crying in my sleep. I'm sweating. I, my heart is racing. I wake up and realize, and then I go back to sleep and it's another nightmare. And they were consistent over three nights. I was scared to go to sleep on the fourth night Mm. and I didn't have one. Thank goodness. Um, But a lot of the things that were coming up for me was, which I, I think, just tell me if I'm wrong here, but a lot of the things coming up for me were um, the fear, someone broke into the house and I was trying to get to both the babies and I was trying to stop the person from taking the babies from me and it was a man and I couldn't get to the kids and I think that obviously says that I feel maybe unsafe or I was worrying about my children or, you know, something was going on with that. And then there was another one and I was at a party and someone was trying to get me there. And then, you know, I was always going to be getting or killed or something crazy. One, my best friend died. It was just really traumatic. And I want to try and understand what do nightmares tell us? Because there's a polarity between dreaming which is you know you have a dream or someone from your past comes into your mind and you wake up and you're thinking about that person or maybe you're thinking about a past experience and like oh that was a dream like that was a weird dream and then there's nightmares where they're terrorizing you yes what can you tell us about that yes nightmares are the best dreams because they're yeah truly because they're energetic (laughs) dreams meaning where is the energy so when we're when we're working with dreams first of all we ask what's going on in your life because the dreams are going to be patterned around the challenges and the things that are going on in your life. Mm-hmm. And where we look for is the most terrifying, interesting or bizarre part of the dream, because the other parts are more known are more known to your everyday self. Mm-hmm. It's like generally in a dream, when you see yourself, it's you, it's your everyday self, unless you're dancing down the street naked and that's not mm-hmm. something you normally do, <laughs> then that's like an unknown part of the dream. But what's interesting with a nightmare figure like that is that part of the dream is you too. Who's coming for you is interesting to explore. Mm-hmm. What is it they want? So when I was a child, my childhood dream was I was chased by a mad, psychopathic, shamanistic clown. This wild thing, I'd wake up, this was my reoccurring childhood dream, Mm -hmm. was coming for me. And 
I grew up in a normal household, normal system, trying to be normal. But the clown is actually me. When I unfold that, he's coming for me. And he's been coming for me all my life because I am him. The aspects of him are more me, are growing in me, are becoming more me. And I've always been interested from like 20, more in shamanism, in Taoism, in Eastern mythology, in all these things that are more this part. And so it's terrifying. The person breaking in is terrifying to your everyday self. Mm. But he too, exploring him, he has a power that is interesting, that is scary. And the work then becomes exploring and unfolding him. What is he doing? We don't actually know until we fully explore that dream. We can have ideas. We can look at your life and what's going on. But until we find him and find out what he's coming for, we don't know exactly what's going on. But mm-hmm. dreams amplify. They get bigger. And nightmares mean that dream has already been happening, but it hasn't been clear enough to your intention. So it gets bigger until it comes into where awareness. And then you're like, I can't miss this dream. Mm-hmm. And that dream is working on you as well. There's some kind of power in that man that will be coming for you, that will be coming into your life. It's happening mm-hmm. in a sense in your dreaming, in your everyday life as well. Mm-hmm. So watch for your dreams out in the world as well. Mm-hmm. It was wild because every dream where someone was trying to attack me physically, it, I, rec- I know their face. I don't know who they are, but their faces, I can't get them out of my head. Like I know what they look like in the dream. I can remember that. I remember that the second what I woke up. they look up, like? Tell they me. just look like men. They look like one was an overweight, slobby man. The other one was just a normal everyday man. And then there was one more that had like a blonde, spiky hair. Like it's bizarre. It's wow. bizarre. Like they're not people that I know. But that's right. It's wild to me. Like what is that telling that's me? That's right. But, Even when you yeah. say that, they're not people I know, meaning yeah. they're unknown to me. Yeah. And what you do is you shape shift into them. You actually become them. <laughs> Big and I'm breaking in because I'm going to get and you explore that so it becomes a meditation so you can find out what is in this information rather than just pushing it aside and going he's horrible he's bad because he's horrible and bad is bad to your everyday self Mm. and we always whenever we're doing work we check that people are safe their inner psychology is safe you're okay if we explore this for a moment and we go in and see what's really there that's the sort of work you do that's how you unfold it and explore what these because it's interesting and it's a masculine energy yeah how interesting it's coming in so yeah that's wild we might have to um, explore that a little bit deeper i think amazing Um, you touched on the, that dream that you had as a child was a reoccurring dream. How how does our mind have re- repetitive or reoccurring dreams? Like I yep. know that I've experienced this where I wake up and I go back into the dream because I want to. I'm like, oh, that was a good dream. I want to go back to that. And then you can. How do we do that? And why does that happen? Because our dreaming is happening in the background. Even if you wake up, if you have three dreams in a night, it's the same dream. It's a different story, but it's the same figures that are going to be there told in a different way. Mm -hmm. And these dreams reoccur. We have little dreams and we have big dreams. So the childhood dream is a big dream. It's a mythical dream. It lets you know what it is you're really here to do, your purpose in life. Your purpose, of course, your purpose may be to be a doctor or, I don't know, a fireman or a Mm -hmm. nurse, whatever it is. 
but that's not your truest purpose. Your truest purpose is to discover your nature. And that's what those dreams. And when you discover your nature, you can go, how do I work with this? What sort of profession do I do that allows me access to do this so I can do this type of work? Mm. And a reoccurring dream, big dreams, childhood reoccurring dreams are there because they're the big ones. They're the ones that keep happening. Generally, we dream for about six months around the same topic. Sometimes we've got a little issue going on and we have a little dream that is about that issue. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm having this little problem with Harry at work and it's kind of okay. You'll dream around that, but that's yeah. not a big dream. Then you'll have the big dreams that keep on reoccurring because there's something you've got to get. And if you don't get it, it's like if you've got a sore knee and you think to yourself, I'm going to ignore my knee and I'm just going to keep running. Good for you. But next minute, your knee blows up like a soccer ball. And it's like, well, actually, you can't ignore it anymore. You have to notice. And what's the knee trying to say? Well, maybe it's saying you need to rest. You need to put it up. You need to let the inflammation go down. And so dreams do that. They keep on reoccurring because there's something there for us. Just like the nightmare. As you pick up what the dreaming is trying to tell you, it actually relieves the dream. Mm, That is very powerful and very magical at the same time. And I have loved all of that that you've just shared. Thank you so much, Brad. I've got one more question before you go. And it's a kind of a big one, but I would love to know if you could just share one clear message to anyone who's listened to this episode who is embarking on their journey of self-love or self-healing, what would you want to tell them? Uh, Be loving. Do Mm -hmm. the work. Get support. It is hard to do the work on your own because like we spoke about before, you have your own inner critics and figures. You need someone who can help you to take you into the shadowy parts as well. So you can access your scary man nature and find out what it is. Yeah. But be loving. What else are you here to do on this journey? By all means, have amazing family, you know, if that's your calling, successful businesses, make money, do all that sort of stuff. But at a certain point, you're going to ask yourself, what am I really here to do? Who am I really here to be? On your deathbed, have you done the work? Have you discovered the person that you're really here to be? So do the work. Be loving. Your life becomes easier when there's a Taoist story that says um, when we're young, we swim against our stream until we become fatigued and we find which way it flows. Ideally in life, you want to find your nature your flow and so do that work life becomes better and it's all there in your signals and your difficulties even in your difficulties hold all the signals to your life whenever things are tough the obstacle is the way so do the work find support we live in a time now where we have so much access to our own nature and our own way so i I would say and and be unbelievably and incredibly loving to yourself on this journey. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for today, Brad. I really appreciate it. All your time and energy in this conversation. I know everyone's going to love hearing all about you and your work. So thank you. Thank you, Chris. Amazing. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inside Out. I really want to grow in this space and make sure these stories and experiences are heard. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. 
please leave me a review and hit subscribe to ensure you don't miss our next conversation. Please also join me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode at Inside Out with Chris. I can't wait to share more with you really soon.